Blog Talk Radio. Today is December 11th, 2020, and this is Fright Talk, Christmas Horror Movies. I am Nadine Tatch, and... This is Billy B.J. Jones. And together we are the Fright Talk guys. Thank you so much for joining us today in this very special edition of Fright Talk, where we are going to talk about Christmas Horror Movies. And so, as the site says for the description, the Fright Talk guys will review Christmas horror movies so that we can enjoy the season. If at any time you'd like to speak to us, you can always call in at 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. You can email your questions or any requests you have at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And also at Fright Talk guys. So frighttalkguys at gmail.com, or you can reach out directly through Instagram at frighttalkguys or at mine and tapsh. Billy, how are you, my friend? It's good to see you again. Brother, it is holiday season. It is the end of the mysterious 2020. I am good <laughs> in good spirits and ready for some horror classic uh, Christmas-themed movies. I feel good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm 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 waiting for that uh just for us to, you know, go on that break that we get for a couple of weeks during the holiday season. So I, I'm definitely uh ready for that. My mind is already there. I'm just waiting for my body to reach it, but my mind is already <laughs> there for sure. <laughs> I, you know, this when we came up with this theme this topic for discussion, it's interesting. I have a, a special take on all Christmas themed horror movies that I'll share at some point with our listeners. And it's interesting, too, part two, that, well, Christmas movies or you know, are supposed to be happy and fun and because it is one of the most celebrated holidays in the world, and it has a strong religious context, right? Right. And above all, it's fun to get gifts, getting gifts and having fun. Yeah. But when that's interrupted by strange and unusual things, whether it be a killer or a demon or crazy bad Santa. It just creates this whole other perspective that for me, it just doesn't sit well. <laughs> it just doesn't sit well. But yet over the years, <clears throat> there are a slew of classic horror, classic and contemporary Christmas themed horror movies. And so many to count. I know that Dean recently, you had a very interesting experience with one of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna kill me for this. Oh, like, there, I told there you was one movie you saw recently, and I know how much you quote loved this movie. Um, but I'd love for you to share it, because it's one of the, the the theme that we're going to be covering next week is actually 
um, one of the most celebrated um, topics or themes of horror movies, and that is Krampus. Right. And right. so recently you saw one of those movies. How was it? Um, it was god-awful. I mean, I um, – and that's putting it kindly. So here's the thing. I I know, and you told me this, Billy, and you, you had sent me a bunch of different mm-hmm. things um, after the last show, and we looked through them together. And then I looked through them on my own, and there's a ton of Krampus movies, like a bunch of them. So I decided, let me pick one, and I picked one that's called Krampus Origins. Now, I watched it on, uh, for those of you that have Prime Video, I watched it on Prime Video. Don't waste your time. But in either case, I saw it, and it was just... So, uh, listen, I'm going to save everybody here an hour and a half of their life, so you're welcome. (laughs) Essentially, this is supposed to be the origin story of Krampus. Um, Mm -hmm. As the movie goes, there's a soldier during World War I who's in Germany. He gets this book. He gets Mm -hmm. killed. And when his mementos are taken from his body to be given to his wife in the States, who she's working in an orphanage as a – she's working as a teacher, teacher slash – like orphanage slash boarding school. Uh, there's a book, and in that book, Krampus was trapped in that book by magical fairies, and they, there were some students there that were practicing, you know, alchemy and, and spells and stuff, and so Krampus uh, comes out. Krampus comes out with about 20-something minutes left of the film, and then he proceeds to lecture for a good 10 minutes about his life, and, you know, then he tries to Mm-hmm. kill as many people as possible so i mean i i just you can't have a krampus movie without krampus in it he's in it for right. 20 minutes right. of an hour and a half movie you're mm-hmm. waiting to see Krampus all this time and it was just it was very disappointing for me um so yeah i i wouldn't recommend krampus origins but yes i i felt it was it was not very good i know you've seen the original and you said it was quite good the krampus itself it was it was cool. It was cool. And, and I'll say this. The thing that I have with the original is almost similar to what you're saying with this Origins version. That is, because the holiday is so celebratory, the moment we start adding horror to it, one would think, what could possibly go wrong? Number one, a whole lot could go wrong before we even reach the Christmas holiday. It's the last month of the year. People could right. die before that month. So the fact that you make it to that day is almost like, wow, I made it. It's like a, a freedom. And it's also on the cusp of a new year, right? But what happens is that there is this element sometimes in some of these movies that make these Christmas-themed horror movies very campy. And and as a result, that it it kind of, I guess I say this, many folks don't go to these movies because they want to get a good scare. They're going because they just want a a cheap, fun thrill. And and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I just, every time I've seen some of these movies, it's interesting because if I compare that, Nadine, try this. Compare that to a Halloween-themed horror movie. It's a whole different take. I feel like I get a whole different taste, maybe because the scaredom on top of scaredom just makes scaredom cool. And yeah, there are a few that are campy, but I don't feel the same way about those themed movies as I do the Christmas-themed ones. That makes sense. That makes sense. I I mean, uh, and I agree with you. I think it's easier to create a Halloween-themed horror movie. I think... When it yeah, comes to Christmas, it's so built up as being wholesome and just, you know, mm-hmm. that's right. here and all of this. So to actually thread that line and create a horror story that is contrast to that, 
it's taboo, but it's also I recognize that that's a very difficult thing to do because you are really going against the grain when you're trying to do that. But some yeah. movies can do it very successfully. Yeah, that's true. And one of our dearest listeners, uh, Nadim, has emailed, you know, shout out to Karina Mariaka for all of her continued Karina. support. And she and, had a birthday since the last show, by the way. Really? Oh, on the last did. show? The, oh. Oh, yeah. Happy belated birthday to Karina. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Karina. And that was also Black Friday, I think, when we had that last show, too. Yeah. I think it was. Congrats. Happy birthday to you. Well, she has some great questions, and I'm going to fire them off to you, Nadine. Let's see how these work. <laughs> okay. So, Nadine, it's almost like playing 20 questions, but in this case, it's only five questions. <laughs> All right. Favorite Christmas horror legend or myth? Favorite Christmas horror legend or myth? Um, hmm. I... Okay, so I'm I'm going to... I'm going to put this out there, Billy. Well, I, I don't know if it's actually a a horror legend or myth associated with... I mean, you know, the coal in the stocking is really not something scary. As a kid, you're like, oh, crap. I don't want to literally get coal in my stocking. <laughs> right, so I think right. it's kind of cool that, that that was developed, that whole uh, theory about it. And also, it's interesting to see all those different, you know, those different stories that come out where Santa's not just fat and jolly but he's like in action right or, or doing yeah, something yeah. but as far as like myths i mean they're kind of um you know few and far between when it comes to to well i mean santa himself is a myth but um i would say the coal in the stocking it's just it's interesting but if you think about it it's kind of cruel it is you know take the letters um you know santa and rearrange them it could be satan right, right. <laughs> but right, here's the right. other thing too Think about this. You know, when you're a kid, your parents told you, don't let strangers in the house, right? But here's yeah. this one stranger who is like often, he's welcome. He can come in and bring you gifts. He's welcome because he can bring you gifts. And if you're bad, he'll bring you lumps of coal. And then if you sit out cookies, he'll eat them. I'm like, what kind of, he's like, to me, he's yeah. like that, that relative who comes and overstays his welcome. And so, <laughs> and so if anything to me, the legend of, of Santa itself is quite creepy. Because I, I agree like, with you. Yeah, it's like he's 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 overweight. He has some health issues, and he, you know, so there are all these things that are going on. And they say, "Oh, jolly Saint Nick." I'm like, "Wait a minute! How how yeah. is he welcome? No other strangers to come to my house unannounced, yeah. without a key." So right. it's interesting. No, and, and as a kid, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the projects. We didn't have a chimney. So as a kid, I'm like, "How's this man getting into our house?" <laughs> we didn't have a chimney. Besides the fact we live in Miami. So it's like, how is this strange my game to my house? And it seems like parents, you know, it's funny. It's very hypocritical for all parents. Let me say this, parents, because you're very much like, don't talk, like you said, don't talk to strangers, don't let strangers in the house. But if you're bringing my kid coal to put in a stocking, come right at it, you know? Right. It it doesn't make sense. Here's the next one for you, Nadine. Favorite Christmas horror movie? Um, Okay. I'm going to make this argument, Billy. This is one of the things I wanted to, I told you I was going to bring up. Bring it. Is The Grinch a horror movie? Because if so, I'm going to say The Grinch. Now, follow mm. along with me. He's a monster, a beast. He's outcasted. He lives in a, you know, in a cave. He lives in seclusion. He literally steals Christmas. Yeah, eventually he has a change of heart. But for the majority of this story, all he's doing is plotting. And so you have this beast that's plotting. 
that the Who's are petrified of. So I'm going to make the argument that The Grinch is a horror movie, Billy. It's a holiday horror movie. What do you think about that? I love that. I love it. I completely forgot about The Grinch until you mentioned it just now. I thought, you know, and I'll be honest, I saw the original. I agree with you. I saw the original movie with um, Jim Carrey at the movie theater. I'll be honest, I fell asleep. It was too long. It was so <laughs> long. I was, I mean, he was funny. He was hilarious. I just felt, I, maybe I was just tired, but I felt, I remember falling asleep and I think I was with, with my, my good friend who lives in, in Atlanta. And we were just, I, she's like, you're going to wake up. I'm over here snoring during the movie. But the point is, I love the concept because Dr. Seuss makes this really clever statement. Here's this mean guy who's kind of like the Santa that is reality. He comes right. in, he takes things, he takes everything that brings happiness. And then at the very end, he gets this change of heart. It's almost very Christmas Carol-like, very Charles Dickinson-like. When yeah. he comes in, he saves the day after he gets a change of heart by a you know, little Sue, a tiny Sue. Well, you don't talk about right. no older than two. And Ooh, so, yeah, Cindy yeah, Lou. Cindy Lou, right? Cindy Lou or something. And so, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a great option. I really yeah. like that movie. Yeah, so I, I'm going to say The Grinch for me. Now, also, of course, that that would be my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say horror Christmas movie, though Nightmare Before Christmas is pretty good. But I still think The Grinch because The Grinch to me is a horror movie. What about you, Billy? What do you think? Is there a, a favorite Christmas horror movie that you have? So one could easily say it is Krampus, but for me, it is not. I would actually say Silent Night, Deadly Night. Because it's kind of like campy comedy, and it's Christmas-based, and I kind of like it. It's like one of the campy ones that I can do, and there are like four in the series of it. So Silent Night, Daily Night, I would say for me, it's really cool. And it's like, it's a combination of just silly, campy, dark humor, horror. And I'm okay with that, because I can watch that and still enjoy the holiday and not be creeped out because of it. Not worrying about something would go wrong on the holiday. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, Mariaka has two more for you. One is your favorite Christmas movie, not horror movie. Oh, favorite Christmas movie. I actually kind of consider it a horror movie, too. My favorite Christmas movie is actually National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Me, too. The reason I think it's a horror movie is because I think it's horror to be stuck in a house in the snow with 20 unwelcomed family members (laughs) and decided (laughs) to come over and just... (laughs) Bicker with each other for like a week straight. So um, my favorite Christmas movie is actually National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And to me, or anybody who's ever spent holidays with a large amount of family members, they know how horrible, how much horror it can be. Mm. Last one for you. Here's your last one. Favorite Christmas tradition. You know, um, I think it's changed through the years. As we get older, our, our traditions change. You know, my favorite one used to be as a kid, we'd always go to a particular family member's house, and I would look forward to that every every year. And um, believe it or not, Billy, I actually like the – yes, of course I like receiving gifts because everybody does, but I kind of just like the giving of the gifts. And mm-hmm. just in general, I know this year may be a little different, but in general around the holidays, Christmas time specific, people are just in a better mood. And I, I think I just appreciate that a little bit more. Um, so my favorite tr- tradition is, is definitely being able to give gifts. Of course, I love to receive them, but I like giving gifts. And what about yeah. you, Billy? I mean, so many uh, Christmas traditions. It's really hard. That's a good question, Scotty. There is just, uh, 
what about you? What's your favorite? I, I, I'll, I'll say it briefly. You know, this just the Christmas decorations, the lights, being the temperature and soft floor, right. <laughs> being lower right. and being able to just walk, ride around. Although we don't get snow, but we can still go around and people can still decorate their houses and they get pretty thematic down here. And so I'm very grateful to be able to see that and see loved ones and friends and loved ones and just be able to convene with them. I think it's just beautiful. And I always get a sense of melancholy thereafter because New Year's is coming and a new year is coming, but there are many, I always think of those who never got to see the new year come. So it's just a little thought, you know, right. I, I think these were great questions, Karina. Thank you so much for these questions and insights. And I know that many of you are looking for some real stuff. So Nadim, I got a real question that just came in here. So check okay. this out. And this one came from Nicole. Nicole says, the movie The Gingerbread Man was ridiculous. A fat <laughs> gingerbread man trying to kill people. As much as I was annoyed by it, I loved it. Your thoughts, Fry Guys? <laughs> so, um, so I read the – there is a comic series of The Gingerbread Man that follows, I believe, the same premise and plot yeah. of the movie. And essentially oh. it's this – you know, gingerbread, <laughs> foul mouth gingerbread man that goes around, fat gingerbread man that goes around killing all that. I mean, I, so maybe, right, so maybe there is, you know, there's certain movies that are so bad that it's funny. Yes. Right? Yes. So maybe you're like, yeah. this is ridiculous, but then you say, okay, it's ridiculous, but it's kind of ridiculous in a great way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, I get the point. I see that. You know what I'm talking about, Billy? Like, you see something, you're like, eh. And then you're yeah. like, wait a second. This is kind of awful that it's good. It is. And this one, I, I saw it. It is hilariously silly. And every time I see that guy, and he's a bad little gingerbread. He kind of is like the Jack, uh, the Sam of, um, what's the name of the other movie? That cut that I love to watch every Halloween. Oh, my gosh. I just watched it a few weeks ago. When little Sam, and he has to have bitten... Um, he comes, he's a trick, trick or treat, trick or treat. Oh, trick or treat, yeah. So the gingerbread man is kind of similar. The difference is there is no short, you know, there are no mini tails that tie it all together nicely. Uh, but this one is so funny. And you see him, and I'm thinking, you little critter, I'll probably bite you. He's like, I like gingerbread. And so, you know, because when I think of gingerbread, they're nice and wholesome. And then, you know, when you eat them and as a child, you make them. But how one killing you? Come on, man. So it was really funny to see this thing come to life. It was it was quite funny. So I would say Nicole, out of a ten, I give that movie a, a four <laughs> or five. But it was worth watching because hey, it was good fun during the holiday. That's an excellent point. Speaking of which, I would like to remind everybody you can call in at any time at three four seven five three nine five three seven two. Again, the numbers three four seven five three nine five three seven two or you can email us your questions if you're shy and you don't want to call in at everydayfolkslisten at gmail dot com. That's everydayfolkslisten at gmail dot com or frighttalkguys at gmail dot com. Frighttalkguys at gmail dot com and an Instagram is open. You can always send your messages through Instagram at ntapsh. Now Billy, I have a slew of questions for you. Okay. So let me go ahead and start firing off some of these. And the first one is from Reggie and says, what do you guys think of the Gremlins back in the 80s? What is your take on those? There was Christmas around there. Well, first of all, I have to tell you, that movie, the protagonist had the coolest name in the world. His, his name is Billy. <laughs> and so <laughs> Billy gets a Gremlin for Christmas. He gets Gizmo, like, for Christmas. 
And this was an, uh, an early 80s movie, but I remember as a child watching it. And I was like, oh, I want a gremlin until I saw what happens to them when you break the rules, right? And right. so I thought it was, and it was during Christmas time, actually. The movie was based around Christmas. He gets this gremlin as a gift. And so right. I thought it was a super cool movie. It's one of those movies that I, my understanding, I don't know if they've ever done a remake. There've been lots of talks of doing one, but it's, the original was so good. I thought the, 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 the special effects and the animals were definitely ahead of their time. And it was, you know what? I feel that movie gives me a little bit more thrill than some of the ones we talked about earlier. Strange enough, yeah. because it had yeah. just a right, I mean, look at how that movie, it came out about the same time as Poltergeist. And that movie still creeps me out. So I look at that strand of movies in that time for a 40 plus year, nearly 40 year old movie. It, it still does it, does it well. I think it's a great film, actually. Great. Definitely a PG film. I agree with you. I remember as a kid being freaked out by the little uh, gremlins. I even had the, the toy of the not the gremlin, the um, gizmo, the gizmo. Yes, I had the gizmo. Yeah. I even had the toy. But yeah, as a kid, I remember it freaked me out. And also, there are so many great 80s movies that I hope that they don't redo a lot of them. Be- only because, you know, sometimes it's never going to be as good as the original. That's the mm. truth. But I, I absolutely agree. Um, Gremlins movie is obviously centered around the Christmas time. And I, I thought it was a very good film. Uh, Billy, we got one specifically for you. So, uh, this is from Mix. Okay. Says, BJ, you said you want to make horror films or short films mm-hmm. of some sort. Have you mm-hmm. considered making one around a major holiday? That is a good question. Actually, I, I've, cons- I've written one of my short stories. Is It revolves around Halloween. I've not considered one around Christmas. I actually want to, and, and I, I, so yes, I to the question, I have written one around a holiday, but it wasn't Christmas because I just felt like for Christmas, it, you know, it's so close in, in proximity to Halloween. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to try to pull a holiday that's far dispatched away from the latter part of the year. Like Mother's Day, there's some really cool horror theme thought. And there was one I was tra- playing with recently that I'd like to consider around Mother's Day or, hey, we forgot about Easter. Or how about something that's a little dark around MLK Day, you know? So I'm, I'm actually looking at some holidays that are in the earlier part of the year that people would often not think of. And then again, I just realized, maybe I'm giving too many ideas away. Who is this person that's asking these questions? <laughs> Real some of those ideas, Billy. Real I'm going to keep quiet. That person's very clever, so I'm going to plead the fifth on that question. But that's a good, good question, though. It was a very good question. Very good question. So, Nadim, I got a question for you. So, there are many um, um, Christmas stories, right? And some of those stories are told through Christmas carols. And when you listen to some of the lyrics of some of the Christmas carols, like Silent Night and Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. Now, it's, it sounds beautiful with a choir, but imagine if Vincent Price was reading it in a very grim way. <laughs> yeah. Silent Night, Holy Night. <laughs> like right. these songs, right. just as beautiful as they are as religious, religious songs could really be remixed to sound pretty creepy, especially if you add an organ. So I was just curious. It kind of connects to Karina's question that I missed, which was, what was your favorite Christmas story? You know, it doesn't have to be scary or not, but what was your favorite Christmas story in general of any of the tales that you know that are told or celebrated around Christmas? Um, you know, I do. Um, I, I appreciate the story of A Christmas Carol and Scrooge. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, the Scroo- Scrooge actually character, if you think about it, is kind of like the Grinch. 
So he does. He's like an awful being, True. and then at the end, he you know the heart you know his heart gives in, and then he's very generous. Um, I would definitely say that um, probably a, a Christmas Carol would probably be the you know the the story, the Christmas story that I that I probably would appreciate the most. Interesting, a Christmas Carol. Anything written by Dickens, and I, you know, I, I, I read that story obviously in college, but I also read A Great Expectations, and he really speaks of period, um, the time in which he lived, where there was a very pre-industrial America. America was thriving, but there was a stark, uh, there was disparity between the rich and the, poor, and the poor, and the poor. When they were poor, they had it bad. But then this story, uh, the Christmas Carol, it takes a whole different take on it, actually, because right. it actually makes someone who's extremely rich and ex- extremely stingy, right? One thing that I love about Dickens is that he makes his bad characters really bad, and he makes their flaws so evident, but the transformation they, they undergo to become good is what's also remarkable. And there have been so many renditions of this tale. Like, Cicely yeah. Tyson was played as Scrooge, and she's a black woman. And then I saw another version where they had George C. Scott played it, and then it was somebody else who played it. And then on Hallmark, good grief, they have their own version. So, and their cartoon versions, even the Simpsons have played off of it. You know, so it's one of the most celebrated storylines. But think about it. You got three ghosts visiting. A ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. A ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas future, which always creeped me out. Even oh, yeah. Disney did it. Disney did a Christmas Carol. A Disney Christmas Carol that I used to watch as a child. And I would watch it. And then the ghost of, like, the ghost of Christmas future would be a demon, but you know who it was who played it? Because it was all Disney characters. When he took off the Grim Reaper mask, I think it was Daffy Duck uh, who did it. And he pushed over there. Don't, no, Daffy Duck played Scrooge. And Mickey was was the ghost was, of Christmas uh, future. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying, I'm, I think I'm mixing them. No, I, I remember, um, I think Goofy like that. was the, the ghost of Christmas past was Goofy. Yes. Right. Yes, I remember this. As a matter of fact, that is out of all the because I grew up with it. I agree with you. Out of all the see, now you're making me nostalgic. Out of all the the uh, Christmas carols, that's the one I actually enjoy the most because I, I grew up watching it. What about Charlie Brown? There's one more to add at you. The Christmas Char- Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. I like Charlie Brown, but I oh, so I guess my thing with Charlie Brown is that they were always so short. The 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 film, the, 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 right? The film. They're also short. Yeah, yeah. But I did like those, and on you know the claymations of Rudolph and the and the the uh, with the Yeti. Those are always enjoyable too, and they always come out now during Christmas time. They always uh, put them on TV again. Yeah, in fact, they, I'll share with you know. On the contrary, uh, they actually are not putting them on TV anymore. You know, this is the first year they were not filming um, um, Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown, or Christmas. There was a whole thing they were talking about it on TV because, it, you know, the ratings and now folks can get them on Hulu or they can get them on Prime oh, or wherever it is. Yeah. And they said it just, the, 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 the generations have changed, like the interest. So the people who are watching them more are us. You know, those who are millennials and up are watching them more and celebrating them more versus the younger generations who really don't connect. And that's horrifying. If there is a Christmas horror story right there, there it is, right? So, Nadim, mm-hmm. I got a question for you. Here's something. Okay. And by the way, folks, I know that you're, you're listening in live and you're sending these questions. We appreciate it. Please continue to send them. Our call-in number, if you want to chat with us, is 347-539-5372. 
Again, that's 347-539-5372. And I see that you're not shy in our inbox, at least in mine. And this one's over here, is it, the one I got open on my screen, Nadim. It's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frightalkguys at gmail.com. Send us your love, send us your thoughts, and I got one for you, Nadim. Ready for it? Listen All to right. So John wants to know, what's there not to love about Krampus? It's a great movie. Did you guys like it? Your thoughts. Now, now, John, you did hear what Nadim said about 20 minutes ago about the <laughs> origins. So let's make the sure origins. we're talking about Krampus and not the origins on this one, John. Make sure you're aware. But there are very there are versions or variations of the film, which kind of gets confusing with the storyline, honestly. Nadine, your thoughts? Well, you, have you seen Krampus, the original? No, I know the story, but I, I have, believe it or not, I know, shame on me, I've never seen the original. I've seen the, like, sub-movies of Krampus. Right, not the right. the original version of Krampus. Um, I I know the storyline. The storyline is actually you know quite famous because it's it's based off of folklore. Uh, well before a movie ever came out about it, right. so I'm familiar with the storyline. Um, like I said, the Krampus origins, mm, not not such a great film in my opinion. But um, also I do know that there was like there was like a Krampus versus Santa. Yeah. which I wanted to see, but I didn't see. Uh, Billy, I know you saw Krampus, and I know that we said we're going to kind of limit our Krampus uh, uh, talk because we, we have Krampus coming up. Right. Uh, well, the folklore of it. But as far as the movie goes, you, you genuinely enjoyed it. I did. And you know what's funny? Because I not only enjoyed the movie, it was just enough. Was it horrifying and scary? No. But I thought the makeup was cool. Definitely was an extreme bitter cold, which made it extra, you know, because when people get afraid, what do they do? They shiver. You know, their response to fear is is different, but people get commonly cold, and then it's actually cold outside in the film, so it kind of helped. And I like the fact that it played off of that whole ideal. It was a zombie demon thing that actually was haunting the place. It was a clever concept. I think you'd appreciate it more than the the Krampus origins, because it just gave you just enough of what you'd expect. So I would say, John, on a scale of one to ten, I give Krampus originally maybe a seven. I give it a seven. It was definitely a decent seven. And that movie, by the way, you mentioned earlier a movie, Nadine, that had the battle between Santa versus um, this demon Krampus-looking thing. It's called Krampus. A Christmas Horror Story, and I saw that. It was actually pretty cool. Um, a pretty cool movie where you actually have I mean, poor Santa getting his whole storyline life interrupted. You know, his his night interrupted because of this demon thing that now is, which is his arch nemesis. So he has to fight this thing and then the family gets involved and the little boy gets involved. It was a clever concept. I thought that was super cool. And so it would be kind of neat. I guess if, if you're going to take a camp, you take it all the way. Why not take that yeah. storyline and make it more like Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah. That would have been yeah. super cool. <laughs> I but agree. it wasn't like bloody, but it was it was cool. It was definitely a cool concept because there's nothing else really out there like that that actually shows Santa being this badass, and I think that's pretty cool. Okay. Well, I definitely want to see it now because you you sold it because I wasn't sure <laughs> if I wanted to see it originally. I have a question here, Billy, uh, from Fred, and he says, "I love the movie Home Alone. Would you guys consider it horror? Nope. What do you think? It's comedy." Nope. Yeah, it's comedy. I mean, you get a kid who stays at home and get left home alone. I mean, first of all, Macaulay Culkin was a very clever kid, <laughs> and he was able to ward off some robbers. We know that doesn't really play out that way today, although it could, right, with technology. 
but it made for a great thrill. It's still a, a classic. And it's funny because when I see Macaulay Culkin, I think what's more horrifying is that I see him as an adult. The fact that he grew up, like in my mind, he's supposed to ever say six or seven years old to play that role. And yet he isn't. He's alive and well and with family and life. And so that to me is horrifying. But the story itself, to be left home alone, a really big, fine house, and then burglars break in, that super clever concept that truly, even though it's not horror, horror comedy, I still give it like a, a nine because it just works so well. What do you think? I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's horror. I do think it's comedy. Um, I don't recall when I saw the film and I've seen it many times, I don't remember ever being like, ooh, that's scary or horrifying. I mm. would laugh, right? So no, definitely I don't think it's horror. I mean, I can get how somebody will be like, oh, it's scary for a child to be, you know, left alone, but he was doing just fine on his own apparently. So I, I found it to be funny. I, I didn't. I agree with you. I didn't find anything to be horror about it. Hmm. Nadim, I got yeah. one for you. This was coming from yeah. Jessica, and I think you will like this. It's, she asked, "I saw Christmas, A Nightmare Before Christmas, and loved it as a kid. Do you think it is an underrated movie?" Okay. So, A Nightmare Before Christmas has a huge, huge following. So I don't think it's underrated at all. I think people genuinely appreciate it. I think some people can make the argument it's overrated, but most definitely not underrated. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, and I want you to know that I I saw it a couple of months ago. I had seen it, of course, a bunch of times before, but it it had been years. So back in October, I rewatched it start to finish because years ago when I tried watching it, you know, again, I, I keep falling asleep. The... The claymation, the animation, the songs, the technique, and the storyline, very, very clever. Very, very clever. Um, great characters in that movie. Great characters. And But I don't think it's underrated at all because, I mean, when I think of underrated, I think people don't have a, a large appreciation for it. I think right. people actually really do appreciate Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, you can still find merch to this day of Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, I have one of the, the masks I wear is a Nightmare Before Christmas mask, right? So I, I, don't, think it's, uh, I don't think it's underrated at all. Um, I could see that some people have made the argument before that it could be overrated, but never underrated. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think agree. it's pretty I agree. popular. I think it is, but I'll, I'll, I agree to every comment you made. I'll add this, though. It's interesting because it says the the title of the movie is so clever, and, and until you see the visuals, if you only saw the movie by its namesake, it plays in that nether world between Christmas and Halloween. So the, the bigger question is when do people or when are people more likely to watch this movie? Like it's holiday, so are people like watching a Nightmare Before Christmas? They're more likely to be watching during Halloween for some reason, but not during Christmas. Yeah. Right, and so, right. and, and it's, but that's clever. And also, too, it has characters. I've seen other, like, Goosebump movies, you know, and, and mm-hmm. tales that come out that, you know, that are scary, obviously, and are geared towards fear in that regard. But this one is so different. It has very developed characters in a storyline. And did, did um who do developed it? Um, Hinton? Did he create that one? I can't recall no, who the director was. Tim Burton. Tim Burton, I mean, Tim Burton. Yeah. 
So Burton created it. So he's known for creating these storylines that are very captivating and have such meaningful depth, but not over the top. And then to memorialize it in the cartoon is kind of super cool. And then throw Christmas in there at the other end of it. It's just so different. And I thought that was very, it's a great concept. It's one of the movies that really you can enjoy any time of the year and not realize it's not about one holiday or another. It's about so much more. I thought yeah, it was a great question. I agree, I agree with you. I have a question here, Billy, for you from Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the movie Silent Night, Deadly Night. I know you mentioned this earlier, Billy. Yeah. Loved it. What's your take on comedy horror Christmas themed movies? So comedy horror Christmas themed movies. Um, hard to do, I think, Billy, because you're trying to sell horror Christmas and then you want to add the comedy element. What do you think? I think it's well. If, if then the question is, Home Alone is not a comedy horror because there's nothing right. horrifying in that storyline other than the right. fact that kid is left at home to his own devices and he kind of loves it. But I think having more, like the movie Bad Santa, I think falls in this category. Bad Santa falls in the category yeah. of, of horror, um, comedy, you know, Christmas comedy horror. And it works very well because all the nice syrupy things, if you think about it, the idea and concept of Christmas could be nauseating because there's all yeah. this goodness that it, it reeks and, 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 and drips all this goodness. So it does it, it just opens the door with all that goodness is something foul, something sinister, something scary. And so I like the fact that a Silent Night, Deadly Night is one of the, 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 the movies in that genre. It just works. And I think we need more of that. I, I think it's, it's pretty cool because I think it introduces maybe some folks who don't want to be or not in love with horror like we are, but they're okay with a movie like that. Hey, maybe we can convert them. So, so it's a great opportunity. It's like, hey, you're already on. Just come a few steps more, and you can watch The Witch. You know, so it's, right. it's just a thought. But granted, far fetched, but it, a nice space to introduce someone if they're trying to cross over or consider. It's a thought. Yep. That, no, that, that's an excellent point. Got another one here for you from Donald. It says, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand watching a horror movie with a Christmas theme, but now as an adult, I can't get enough. Why is that? You know why, Donald? Because we all need a good laugh. And earlier, in all these movies, I can never watch a Christmas horror movie and take it seriously. It doesn't mean yeah. I don't like them. I just can't take them serious because Christmas is already a celebratory, highly positive celebratory holiday. And then you put some little scare in it. There's only so much the scare can work for me. And I'm okay with it because it's Christmas. It's like Christmas gets its own pass, right? And so I think the reason why we, we're okay with it is because we want a different thrill, especially those of us who are true die hardcore um, enthusiasts of horror. We're looking for something new all the time. So if it yeah. happens to fall within a Christmas theme, then it works for us. And each generation, let me also say this, it's not going to go away today. Other generations, each generation gets a reintroduction to the very same thing, right? So I can't wait to see what the next generation of producers and directors will produce as it relates to this theme as well. Who knows? Maybe they'll remix it to another way and make us rethink it and rethink a lot of our words that we said earlier. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Listen, I think that people, I think people should recognize that what they like changes over time. And what you yeah. once liked, maybe it's not something that interests you anymore. I can tell you that there are shows that as a, a kid and growing up, I absolutely loved. 
watched them again as an adult, and I'm like, what the, I, I can't believe what the hell I actually like this. You know, because your interests change, and maybe something that, a genre of movie or, or something that you appre- uh, appreciated or didn't appreciate before, you learn you learn to say, hey, this is this is kind of cool. Maybe just because it's different, right? I'm into it. But I think that um, as people grow or as people as time passes, people tend to change and their interests tend to change as well. So maybe somebody who really didn't want to mix the horror and the Christmas theme. Maybe as they they grew up, they said, well, you know, maybe I like horror a little bit more. So I'm okay with having the Christmas and the horror mixed together. So let me ask this question to you, Nadine. And this is not one from our viewers, but one just came up based on what you just said. So if I were to take a horror movie and remix it with, let's take Easter, all right? We'll take Mm -hmm. Easter and the Easter Bunny, okay? And the Easter Bunny, when I was a child, I was told the Easter Bunny would come in, I would go to sleep, and I'd wake up and just big old basket is there and all these eggs were available later in the day that I could go and find and, and eat and enjoy whether they were plastic or real. And so there was all this great. If I took that story and remixed it and made it horror, would it still have the same impact of what we're feeling about some of these campy Halloween movies? I mean, excuse, excuse me, Christmas movies or horror themed Christmas movies as it would for Easter. Now, and that's part one. So I'd love to hear your feedback because then I have a part two. So I think, okay, I think the the more the the more different that you're trying to mix horror with a different theme, the more campy it's going to be. So I think definitely an Easter horror movie is going to be more campy than a Christmas horror movie. I think a Father's Day horror movie is going to be a lot more campier than a Christmas horror movie, only because even though it's not like there's a ton, but there's a good amount of Christmas horror movies. Right. So I do think that it, it's going to have a campy feel to it because it's hard for people to connect something such as an Easter Sunday, the Easter baskets, you know, the godparents, all of that with something horror related. Right. And the right. same way people have that difficulty doing it for Christmas related things because Christmas is seen as so wholesome and such a such a wonderful time of the year. In, in general. Um, so I do think that if it were, I think it's going to kind of be campy no matter what. I think any anything outside from Halloween horror themed, when you're putting in another holiday, there's going to be a campy element to it because it's not something we can often connect or relate to. So here's a thought. I love that. So let's make a list right now to all future directors in the world, Dean of the things that as, as thoughts, if you're going to create a character for a Christmas horror movie, things not to do. <laughs> so I'll start. Okay. Do not make a killer Christmas tree. Like that just will not work. Don't make the tree attack people. We don't need the tree trying to eat people. I, it just won't work folks. The tree is pretty. The tree is nature. We need trees to breathe. It helps us with our lives. So I don't feel like the trees, like making a killer tree will make that better. <laughs> to me, you know, because you think of something else. I think of something that you say, I don't ever want to see this. This is the one thing I don't ever want to see. If we are running out of ideas, don't let this be the idea that you want to run with for a Christmas horror theme movie. Got you. I do not want to see a rabid Rudolph. Okay. I do not oh, want to see a Rudolph with rabies drooling that's going to bite somebody. He already has a, a red nose. He's got enough going on. Don't do that to him. 
All right. I mean, he is a reindeer. He's already been outcasted by literally everybody else. Yeah, I don't want to see like a vicious Rudolph. I don't think that, you know, uh, yeah, I don't want to see like Rudolph. I mean, I get he's supposed to be a mythical reindeer, but I don't want to see him as like this savage wild animal. But we've already seen the savage snowman. Like, That's think true. about it. I don't care how yeah. much well, people make the snowman look cool, even like the greatest snowman or the greatest whatever that movie was. I'm sorry, snowman are creepy. And so I don't. It, I put them in the same category as a clown. Like, I don't care. They're big, they're round. If you're coming at me and start talking, you're probably going to get kicked or I'm going to find some heat and melt you, okay? So I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a Christmas... I don't want to see, like, some killer candy cane either. Like, I just think that would be silly. Now, let me ask this question to Dean. What would you like to see? And I'll give you mine, and then I'll give you... And see, I'd love to pick, pick, your, pick your brain. I would love to see a very dark tale or story around Mrs. Claus. Yes. That would be clever. You know, this because she's always depicted as this very positive really uh, wholesome, this epitomized grandmother of sorts and mother of all children, lover of all children. What if she hated children? What if she couldn't have right. children? What if she married the wrong man and he happens to be the happiest person in the world who never dies? So what if we got a backstory there and she decided to turn on that and turn into some dark magic or something to try to rectify that? So the very thing that she represents or in that she represents, it actually makes her later despise. That would be a different story for a Christmas horror-themed movie because it makes this, this, this mythical character very real. Any thoughts I, I, I actually really appreciate that. I think that's good because Mrs. Claus is one of those that often gets overlooked. Yeah. He's just assumed to be wholesome because of you know being connected with Santa and stuff like that. That's an excellent point. I would like to see a horror movie or Christmas-themed where – all this time, Santa is actually taking the credit for somebody else doing the work, like a Yeti or something like that. Oh, okay, I would like, I would like to do that, that. That Santa, all these gifts, all this, he basically has taken this idea and is taking all this credit, but the other person is still producing it. Maybe he's blackmailing him or something like that. That's what I would like to see. Because I think that nobody expects that from Santa, right? You expect him to be genuine and real, and I think that would be a great twist for Santa to be essentially a fraud in taking credit for somebody else's work. <laughs> and let's talk about these elves, okay? So there are all these elves that are helping Santa do all this work, okay? And then you got these eight reindeer out there right off in the front pulling the sleigh. The storyline is so fanatical. It's so ridiculously funny. But as a child, it's everything. It's everything to a child. But what if, for instance, if Santa, for instance, here's another thought. You know, Santa to me reminds me of Apollo, the the Greek god who would ride across the sky, and behind him he would bring the day, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. this Santa is riding at night, so he's more like Dionysus, his sister, who's like riding at night, and twilight will fall behind his sleigh or whatever she was riding in the sky. But then he gets on. I mean, the world is huge. There's so many millions of billions of people living in the world, and he has to visit all their houses. I mean, that includes the little Indian kid. I guess if they celebrate Christmas in a cheeky, right? That, I mean, so he has a lot of places to be. So you got to have some super magic or at least some omnipresent p- potential to make this happen. And so, but what if all of a sudden, let, let's take this thought. Like you said, it, it, let's take the elf stories. If we find that one of Santa's elves just goes sour, he, he's ticked off with the work benefits 
You know, he feels that there's there are labor laws that have been broken here, and he decides <laughs> to avenge Santa and start slaying his reindeer. You know, like so that would be a different story. And in in folks, we'd love to hear your ideas. I know that we're in our last fifteen minutes, but you're welcome to call us with your ideas or your reflections. That number is three four seven five three nine five three seven two. Again, that's three four seven five three nine five three seven two. And I see that you're not shy. Nadim, I got three questions for us still. Um, if okay. you'd like to email your questions, do that at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com or at intabs on Instagram for Nadim. So, Nadim, I got one for you, and let's see what you think on this. Tina says, to all a good night is great. It's a movie. It's based on a preschool campus, I mean, a, 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 a prep school pe- campus with this killer running around. What do you make of it? It was released in the 80s, I think. It's an early 80s movie, actually. I've never seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, Nadine. I've never seen it, but but I do want to say that there's many movies that they create that have, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the 80s, where it's like around a, a school or, you know, some sort of preparatory school, boarding school, any type of school, really. And there's actually like a, a, like a serious creep factor that goes along with that. You know, a school at night, empty hallways. Like there's a serious factor that goes along with those uh, types of settings in movies right. and they're used quite often and you know she does bring an excellent point and, and I didn't want the time to pass without me mentioning this so one of the best Christmas horror movies in the 80s it came out because there's there's several of them Jack Frost uh, we have the snowman right. and one of the most awful scenes but just spectacularly awful, but in a great way, is the scene where um, there's a woman in a bathtub, Jack Frost melts, and he had a carrot nose in the bathtub a scene where, you know, he goes in and he, you know, does awful things. But the movie was bad. Let me say this. The movie was awful. But it was awful in a good way, right? And so that was in the 80s. Then years down the line, I think in the mid to late 90s, they came out with the Jack Frost movie. I think it was with Michael Keaton, where it was Mm -hmm. supposed to like it was not horror at all. It was a Christmas themed, wholesome movie, the complete polar opposite of the Mm -hmm. original Jack Frost from the 80s. But Mm -hmm. there is something phenomenal about those 80s horror movies, uh, especially the Christmas themed ones, because in the 80s, it was very few and far between. That's a good point. And and I and unfortunately, Tina, we haven't seen it, but hey, maybe we'll watch it. Thank you for the recommendation. And here's another one for you, Nadim. An underrated movie is Red Christmas. I thought it was super cool. Do you think there should be more Christmas thrillers? I think that there's definitely a spot for Christmas th- thrillers. I know that when we talk, we've been talking about horror, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be horror. I think the thriller movies can be just as exciting. Um, a Purge Christmas, maybe? I don't know. Ah, but that's a good idea. That's a yeah, good idea, yeah. actually. I do think that I know. So if anybody uses that, you heard it here first, folks. I just exactly. want to know. And we'll know. be happy to be cast in it. You can ask us to do a cameo. We will be happy that's to right. do it. That's right. <laughs> as long as you uh, kill Nadine, though, not me. I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> Put those flowers outside the house. Uh-huh. It's the of the Purge. So, uh, I, um, I, I definitely think that there's I think that there is a real um, quality to those that the, uh, Christmas thriller movies. I just don't think that there's enough of them. I think right. it's a really hard thing to do 
And because it's so difficult to do, I don't feel that there's enough of them. What do you think, Billy? I mean, it is a very good idea to mix in the thriller with the Christmas element. I mean, they did it with action when they mixed yeah. in Christmas with like Die Hard. So why That's not with right. Yeah, That is true. I completely forgot about that movie, Die Hard. Die Hard came out. It was during a Christmas party. That's right. Um, and, and there's I, just, I totally forgot about that movie, and it's such my it's one of my my grandparents' favorite, and and Bruce Willis did a great job, a great great job. I remember that part of the movie when he had he was he cut his foot when get last, and he had to wrap his foot, and he literally had to take down these people while the party was still going on, where his family was where he was supposed to be, and it really all takes place in one night. Which is another right. concept that was so original. So I would say more thrillers are cool, but I'll add this: psycho thrillers are even more interesting. So if we take a little bit of an us or get out for, uh, motif and we add it and twist it a bit, we might get a little more out of it. Because I think what's happening now with some of these films that we're seeing, like no one wants to see a, a sweet grandma or the black lady who lives next door sometimes and. She goes ballistic. Okay, we, we, we got that going on in every community. But if we can add an extra layer or a few variables to it to make it more compelling, then I think people will be more likely to watch it. And so what I'm saying here is this. A lot of the thrillers that we're making, yes, you can't have a thriller without some of the, 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 the tropes of it. You got to have the, the, the youngsters who want to play or flirt with fate. So you got the sexualized teensters or post teensters or young adults, right, right? Right. You also have some female protagonist who has to deal with something, right? We also and usually she is a white. You also have this very strong, at least six foot man, he's usually white, who wants to kill somebody or who's masquerading as something. He's always wearing something to get his to, to do his dirty deeds. And then of course you go with the police or some kind of authority is always involved who wants to contribute to the cause. They either get smoked out themselves or they end up becoming part savior along with the protagonist who has some sudden connection that's deeper than we need to understand. So those are like some of the common tropes of some of these thrillers that we see in general, not Christmas thrillers, but common thrillers. So what if we was just to break the mold and all that and not do any of those things and totally remix it? For instance, some child who's in the hood, oh, that poor child in the hood, what could go wrong? Well, a whole lot could still go wrong if you're trying to celebrate Christmas in the hood and you got some demon or something running around smoking off the thugs on the corner. That's different, right? Or right. if you're living in a posh community, let's say Pinecrest in South Florida or, my, or in Core Gables, you get these communities where people have these nice decorations and nice things. But what happens when people go to these nice spaces to enjoy and take those, those selfies and pics, but all of a sudden they never return home? And there's something darker that keeps them wrapped or locked in that space. That's more, I think, those psycho thrillers. There's a right. nice space for them now in the game to really make a new dent and, 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 and give us a new twist on something that's already perhaps common to us, something very based in reality. And so our last question, Nadim, is from Dexter. Dexter wants to know, and I know we're short on time, but I'm going to ask it. The movie A Christmas Horror Story is great. It shows Santa battling a demon of some sort. We kind of talked about this already. I recommend right. that you guys watch it. Have you seen it? And if so, I'd love to hear your comments about it. So I know you haven't seen it, Nadim. I, have I saw it. it. It's cool. And I thought it was great. Yeah, you liked it. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I would like to see it. Um, yeah. I, again, I think that 
you most definitely there's still so many things there's so many horror and thriller movies that can be done with Christmas that have not been done yet and I yeah. definitely think that um, I mean hey listen I'm down to see Santa fight a demon like I'm, right. that sounds very interesting to me because I like horror and so I think that would be fantastic but along with that it's like what you were saying going back to your point Billy about you could do psychological thrillers Christmas themed and 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 I think that the problem people have that I think a lot of people shy away from it because people like having their Christmas movies stay wholesome it's almost like it's as if you added a horror element to it it would taint it somehow that idea of Christmas but I really don't think it would I I you know earlier you said that you watch a movie that's Christmas horror and you're okay with it because it doesn't change or ruin anything for you because you you see them as, for the most part, kind of silly. And I agree with you. I agree with you. It doesn't take away anything from the holiday season, but I know there's some people that prefer their Hallmark movies and and all of that. Uh, now, a horror Hallmark movie for Christmas, that's where it's at. Ooh. That's what they think Ooh. about. That's I mean, then, then maybe you can get me to watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this has been great. You know, Thank you so much for calling us. Great show, great time. We hope you're enjoying the holiday season it, it, despite the, all the challenges we've endured this year. Try to find a good space just to be appreciative of our lives. And in, that if, you're, if you're in good health, salute that. If you're suffering from the loss of someone, we send our hearts out to you here from the Fright Talk family. And then above all, we want to hear more of your ideas and insights, especially about the next topic. So we're going to be doing a double header, um, um, back to back. That is shows next Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be covering the Krampus legend. So our entire hour is going to be dedicated to the exciting legend and really diving deeply into it. So we hope you'll join us and learn more and share more about this extraordinary legend. And also, just so you know, Christmas is that following two Fridays from now. Actually, <laughs> Christmas is two Fridays from now. So. Although we'll be taking a break that night, we still will be celebrating the holiday in the spirit of horror. So try to look at some of these films. Send us an email with your recommendations to either of our email addresses provided. And let us know what your thoughts. Thank you so much. Did you have any final words? Well, I just uh, just want to echo your sentiments. Thank you to all of our listeners, all of our followers on Instagram, all the people that are constantly messaging and you know, uh, Karina, who's always writing in, Mariaka, who's always writing mm-hmm. in her questions for us. We really do appreciate that. And uh, we are, you know, we're going to be here, as Billy said, we'll be here next week. I want to remind everybody, all of our previous episodes, you can still find them on Google Play and iTunes. So I think today, Billy, marks nine episodes, which yep. means that nine hours of horror content and we've covered such a variety of topics there's a lot of good stuff on there so if you listen to this for the first time you're like oh that's good or maybe you listen to previous shows and you just miss hearing our voices and want to go back and listen to it again by all means do so follow us on instagram at fright talk guys and also you can email us at fright talk guys at gmail.com. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. We truly appreciate you. And Billy, my dear friend, I appreciate you too. Likewise, my brother. See you all soon next Friday. Take care.